IRC Wealth. Take control of your finances and embrace life without worrying about money. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of IRC Wealthcast. This is your host, Joe Shum, uh, Vice President of Development and Strategy at IRC Wealth. And we're trying something a little new for this particular podcast. Uh, We don't really have a guest today. It's a couple of things that kind of came across my desk in my uh, search for good content and always to keep moving forward. And I invited uh, Jody Hirsch, our producer and digital marketing director, to come in on this conversation with me to talk about the life of the solopreneur. Solopreneur is a new word. There are other words for people that work sort of by themselves and are business owners. And the challenges that uh, surround them, the pressures that surround them to grow or not grow, go and not go. So anyway, I'm bringing Jody in. Hey, Jody. Hey, everyone. And uh, some of you have heard Jody's voice in the past. She has guested on a couple of occasions and she's intimately involved in the IRC Wealthcast experience in website and all of our content that we produce. So um, Jody and I have been talking about this, have had this conversation now, geez, for at least a year or more, Jody. At least. Yeah, it's it's, it's come back and forth. I've had businesses. Jody is a long-term solopreneur. She's been in her business, her initial business for 20 years. Um, Going on 25, June 93. 25, oh my God. I always say it's a really long time to be sitting in the basement by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, for those that are trying to catch up on this, look, there's a lot of you out there right now that are considering going into business for yourself. Maybe you're moving to an encore career. You could be disgruntled with the life you've had to date. You know, you've been a corporate player and sort of getting bored with it or bored with uh, all the culture that can surround corporate life. And so you said, hey, I'm gonna go out on my own. Or you could be one of these folks that just started out sort of as a a solo rider out on the plains and stayed there. And so there's a variety of people that are out there that adopt a, a solopreneur lifestyle. And we just wanna explore some of that. There are a couple of different ways to describe that I should say society describes the solopreneur. Solopreneur is the newest and latest and greatest. Some of you may have heard the term self-employed, which is probably the original. Yeah, Um, I think freelancer has been. Is freelancer the original? Yep. I'm not. I don't know which one predates, but I hear them both a lot. Freelance and freelancer is the other one. So that that's our three: is that freelancer, uh, self-employed, and. And the solopreneur, which is literally the def- the definitions of those are coming from solopreneurs, I think. You yeah, know, they really. are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we first become self-employed or become a freelancer or a solopreneur, you're not really thinking about how you're going to label yourself. You're just kind of doing what you're doing. And I mean, I was only like 20 something when yeah. I did it. And all I knew is I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. You did a little bit of a stint for somebody that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that helped define it, right? Yeah. Well, I worked at a design firm in Miami at a college and that was a pretty prestigious place. I was Mm -hmm. a peon, but you know, it was a good experience. And then I art directed at a printing company when I moved here. Yeah. So the day I quit my quote day job, I already had a little freelance gig on the side. Right, right. And when people would ask me, you know, what I did for a living or where I worked, I would just say I had my own business because I didn't like being referred to as a freelancer. Yeah. And that might've been my own negative 
bias around it. But to me, that was somebody who was an independent contractor that maybe one week they worked at this company on site and then they might take a contract someplace else for a little while. And that's fine. I mean, that's great for people to do that. But I didn't identify with that. And I had clients and I had my own processes and people were hiring me to do what I do, not to do what they told me to do. And that was a big distinction for me. So I was just said I had my own business. I love that. You know, it's interesting when I was reviewing some of the, the ways that freelancer, self-employed and solopreneur have been identified or defined, I should say, right? Uh, freelancer came with sort of this man without a country. I'll put man in quotes, you know, man without a country, just flitting from place to place, sometimes difficult to deal with or snooty or sort of self-absorbed in their own way. They were the hired gun, right? Yeah. And, you know, and that would, that, that was a connotation that came with free, the word freelancer plus the word free in it. Yeah. They worked for free. Right. Was that they worked for free. And so they come in and they're typically more expensive because they are uh, an SME, right? They're a subject matter expert. So there was a real contradiction from the get-go yeah. about the freelancer position. Self-employed, some of the things that came out about self-employed were, well, someone who says they're self-employed is really unemployed. I've right. heard that. Right? And so then it's like, well, just try and go, you think you're self-employed and not unemployed? Then go to the bank and look for a loan or a mortgage, and they're going to look yeah. at you and say, I need 88 years of you know tax receipts. You know how sometimes you have to fill out a form for what taxes or banking or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has a little checkbox employment, like, are you retired, employed, or self? And or it's self. Just box. Yeah. I just check employee i'm employed by a company that i happen to own yeah. and i'm the only employee in it right <laughs> like, right i kind of take offense it, well that's that's <laughs> the thing of it right it was very it becomes very dismissive and offensive but there's so, a stigma to it still. there is a stigma to it and that and that and we're solopreneur from what i'm you know and and i guess full circle around to where we started this little bit of conversation is it's not really defined yet yeah. and and so what's really cool about that is it makes the rest of the job culture that's sort of anti-self-employed freelancer scratch their head. They're not yeah. sure who these people are in some respects because they don't get it. And uh, some of the experts around solopreneurship, what they've done, which I think is rightly so, and you, this is where you came in, which is I own a business. I'm a business owner. Oh, what's your business? My business is, you know, branding and digital marketing or whatever. You know, my business is this. My business is that. Yeah, uh, they never ask how many people work there. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's kind of like what we always yeah. used to say in, in endurance sports. Hey, I got second place in that mile swim. How many people were swimming in? Only two. <laughs> but I didn't go run around and say, I'm second place of two. I said, I got second place, right? That's what I, that's what I would say yeah. to people. You, you never say there were only three people in the race and I got second place, right? So well, why do you tell them I've got 48 employees? That's chess beating, right? Well, <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. So, I mean, that speaks to the scaling up growth thing, which was yeah, our second topic. Yeah, yeah let's so, go there. Is having 48 employees at your company that you own better or more impressive than just having one because your one may be far more profitable. I mean, the statistics on solopreneurs topping a million in revenue annually. What is it? it I, don't, I don't know what the number oh, okay. is, but it's, it's rising. I heard Brian Clark on unemployable talk about that. So okay. Yeah. Well, let's check, check that, that out. out. Yeah. It's a really good podcast. 
And I think I first heard the term solopreneur from Brian Clark. If you're a solopreneur and you're able to clear a million in revenue with virtually no costs or overhead compared to a company that has 48 people on payroll and likely an office and all of that, which one's better? I mean, I'd rather grow my revenue as a solopreneur than have a team of 48 people that I have to deal with. You've been in the business almost 25 years. There are a whole bunch of skeletons in the road that had, you know, A, B, and C level fundraising. They had hundreds of people working. It was the buzz of the century. And the, and th- those things are smoldering wrecks now, right. right? So so what's the point, right? I mean, body count is not necessarily determined if A, you're successful, and B, you're happy at what you're doing. Exactly. Right? So I'm not saying one is better than the other. I hope it didn't sound like that. No, no, no. And I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, and I, what I'm saying is, is don't believe that the stigma of that you somehow have to move from solopreneur to right. to some sort of, I don't know even what you'd call it, multipreneur. <laughs> What do you, well, I guess you're an entrepreneur. You're not. You moved a full entrepreneur. Like a solopreneur is not an entrepreneur. I'm not even sure. But he read some articles when we were talking about this conversation. What yeah. we wanted to say about some people that have had really cool runs right now. You know, they're yeah. they're out there deciding: Do I go and get some, you know, some level A financing? Um, get some angel investors in there. Do mm-hmm. I take other people's money and start to make this thing happen? I'm really happy right now. I, I can be on the couch if I want. Yeah. I can be out on the street if I want. And nice revenue streams, making good money. Yeah. What, what, you know, do I want to start bringing in a development rep? Do I want to start bringing in a f- financial person plus me or, a de- you know, like a technical person? Right. And now I've got all those challenges too. I don't know if it was you that told me this or if it was DTK, but often the CEO of a startup, so you're the CEO of a company of one, yes, that's able to grow something to the point that it's ready to expand in some... Right. Is often not the same CEO that has the skills yes. to, you know, take it to the next level. And There's usually three. The, There's yeah, usually three. I was yeah. say, you know, the first level is probably the same person. You know, start getting employees and yeah. building out your advisory board. And that's great. I mean, and most of those people, I think, are trying to build a business that may be sellable. And, you know, that's a big difference with solopreneurs. I mean, unless you've created some sort of a, a product that you could, you know, sell the business of one to somebody else to operate. Right, which is tr- completely viable. Yeah, and there's lots of people that do that. You know, maybe you're making courseware or books and stuff and mm-hmm. somebody else could, you know, expand on your brand. But, you know, for someone like me where I have, I mean, I have a little t-shirt business that I'm trying to get going, but... You know, that theoretically could be sellable, but just my design business, like it's not going to be sellable. And I never planned for it to be, but if you know that that's what you're doing from day one, then you can make it that way. Invest your money as you go along. Right. I and mean, I've been doing that like since I started because yeah. you know, I'd never thought I was going to sell my business. No, it was, it wasn't for you. That's not what was important to you. Well, right. I mean, people that work for other companies, they don't get to like sell the business when they're done. They have to invest along the way. And so can solo prayers. That'd be kind of cool though, right? <laughs> and you know, I did X amount of years at IBM. Hey, I'm going to yeah. sell it to this other guy. <laughs> I'm going to sell my piece. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to sell my piece of well, IBM. I guess they have stock options. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but I don't think that's really what the point was. No, no. That brings up a whole nother cottage industry. Yeah. So, but, I mean, there's, I mean, there's always opportunity to grow. I just think people need to think long and hard about 
what growth is going to be like for them and, and how they want to do it. Cause there's so many ways to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just about whether or not you're taking in other people's money or OPM, right? It's also the responsibility to an infrastructure with, you know, physical plant and employees and all other kinds of uh, regulations and responsibilities and compliance and anything else that resides in whatever industry you're in. And so it's sort of say goodbye to the fond memories of, you know, being in, you know, being in the basement or in the garage and, uh, and moving to the next level. And it, it's not to talk people out of it. It's just a reality. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I think the person making that decision needs to answer why, you know, first and go from there. I mean, if the That's reason good. why you're growing is because, well, you kind of got to here. So what do I do next? Well, maybe you stay there and figure out how to grow financially without growing size wise, or maybe you do grow size wise. I mean, it's whatever's yeah. right for you and what, what you envision for yourself. And it, and, and it's, and it also touches on your own personal fulfillment factor, right? We've yeah. had guests. Yeah. We've had guests here that have uh, been uh, solopreneurs moved to entrepreneurship and sold businesses for a uh, very sizable seven figure, um, mm-hmm. you know, seven figure sales. And they, they've said, you know, I got to a point where I knew the business was really no longer me. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't sort of, wasn't me. I didn't resonate as me. It didn't feel like it was my brand anymore. It was becoming something else. And so why not sell it, reap the benefits of your hard work and yeah. give it to somebody who is now saying, I'll take that and move it to the next level. Perfectly yeah, fine. Great. Right. You know, so yeah. And on the on the flip side of that, this guy Paul Jarvis that I've been following for years. Yeah. And he's he's writing a book called The Company of One right now, and I'm not getting paid to one say that. One of the that. preeminent solopreneurs. <laughs> yeah. He, that, for, yeah. He's his audience is creative solopreneurs mostly, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting paid to plug any of these no, people. No, these no. are just and people that I client. follow. He's, he's not, not a client. client. He's a client. Yeah, we're, we're completely. I think uh, he favorited my tweet one time. <laughs> uh, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he's successfully stayed a company of one, and mm-hmm. so he did web design and development, and he's, he likes to write, so he's written books. Mm-hmm. He started with some vegan cookbook and then moved on to right, I'm out right there. Right, sorry, I'm, I'm out. I thought you said barbecue. I'd be like totally into <laughs> no, no, him. No, but... I, think, I don't think, well, he probably barbecues vegetables. There you go. And then he started creating courses, and he's managed to, I don't think he does any web design for anybody anymore. He's productized all on his own. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he uses editors and illustrators and stuff to help with his books and whatnot, as do we all. Yeah. And uh, he's managed to create a very nice life for himself. And, you know, he's really inspiring and helpful to people like me where I, I want to grow my revenue mm-hmm. and I am productizing different things. And I, I just think, like you said, it's like whatever is going to be fulfilling and meaningful for you that's is, what the key is is what people really need to get in touch with and if you're not going to sell your business you better start planning for tomorrow financially like and, and you know I, you're still earning this is not a, this is not new out of my mouth here in the last maybe year worth of podcasts but this is a good point where having a coach or a mentor really helps yeah right because as a solopreneur you are sort of solo you know and i always say it's, sometimes it's tough working in a vacuum yeah yeah. I have that look ma syndrome. I need to show people what I made <laughs> sometimes because I'm tired of looking at it. I need some fresh eyes. Yeah. And and so having a, if you have set up some sort of advisory board, that's great, mm-hmm. right? Because it can help uh, with the guidance of where you'd want to take it next if it's, 
if it's important to you, and also to tap into that fulfillment piece. Coaching here or mentoring here, either of those is really, I think, a miss if you're not tapping into the expertise of someone because you've been thinking about this for a long time, you being anybody, right? And they're going to help you unlock the additional creativity to help you make the decision of what the next step is for you. Yeah. And I think in addition to a a coach, um, it's also helpful to surround yourself with other like-minded peers. That's a good idea. Whether it's an official mastermind or, you know, a Facebook group or, you know, your next door neighbor. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I've found that, you know, I have a lot of wonderful friends and over the years, I'm sure they got really tired of me, not necessarily venting, but, you know, just talking about what I was going through and, you know, they were sweet to listen, but, you know, they're, they don't have a similar experience. Right, right. They're and, not tapped into that, that, that vibe. Right. I mean, they really don't have any, it's not that they don't have anything to offer. They, they're just, they've not been in those shoes, so they don't have, mm-hmm. you know, relevant experience. And... I swear, you know, some of the Facebook groups that I'm in and some of the people that I'm now surrounded by, it just always reminds me of that, that quote that, you know, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time (laughs) with. So I think about the quality of the people that are around me, obviously it's all good people, but when it comes to, um, supporting me as a solopreneur in the basement with my two dogs in a vacuum, that I do have people to talk to. But yeah, to have people around you that can provide you with some different perspective. Yeah. And that, that supports, I think is really important because I don't really get lonely, but I know that some people that work from home, they start to miss people. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you need to structure it so that you're getting the, the support and social interaction well, that and, you and, need. And, and, and also too, you don't hire people just to have people around you. Mm-mm. I have, I, I, I've known of that before where, where look, some, some folks aren't good at being the solopreneur. So they're moving into a business and they'll hire people just to have people, right. To have like a team because it feels right for them to have people around them. And then it's like, maybe that was premature. You know? Yeah. I mean, I have a virtual assistant and I've had employees work for me in the past and it was, it was always profitable for me. Like, I mean, I did, I must've done it right enough. I don't know. I'm very introverted, I guess. And I just and if, prefer and, to work on my own. No. And if you want to go the other way and it's resonating with you, you feel a drive and to, to tap into that dream of moving to the next level, then it's even more important to really seriously plan yeah. what those next moves are to just say, boom, we're going to hire, you know, three more people. Boom. We're going to get an office, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to incorporate like four different ways. And, uh, we're going to crank out a, a whole bunch of marketing. And I'm just saying though, that plans and planning, right? I, I love this quote that I learned recently. And, uh, I can't remember if it was MacArthur or Eisenhower who said, plans are useless, but planning is critical. You to have going to think to battle. it through, but your plans are going to change. Yeah, once yeah. yeah. You're in the when you, once you hit it. the battlefield, yeah. yeah. That, but it was really important for you all to get together and 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 move through a cohesive sort of plan. So it's really important to make that PowerPoint. <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> at make the end break. of the day, it doesn't really that matter what's in it. It totally make or break you, though, right? <laughs> so, um, so where are we at with this? Let's wrap this up. I mean, what 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 are we learning, or what are we thinking about here? Well, I, I think the labeling. Yeah. is interesting. And I think that there's all of those labels kind of mean the same thing. I think we all just bring some personal bias to it. Yeah. And I think those around us bring personal bias to it also. So I think to mm-hmm. be aware 
of those terms and to claim the one that feels right feels for you. right for you yeah i agree with that and i think on the growth side first of all staying solopreneur is perfectly viable right you can make a lot of money you can grow in all sorts of ways without bringing in a bunch of people right and i think growing a business to whatever scale you can muster and be the size of google that's and, awesome right and and, and but it has to it has to be fulfilling for you that's right. that's the big challenge that's what i'm the takeaway just listening to you and having this exchange with you to me it all boils down to the fulfillment factor right yeah. it's it's not supposed to be somebody else's idea of what you should be right right and as long as it's resonating with you it's a win and it's right there's no right or wrong way to right to do any of it everybody's right everybody's wrong yeah so i'm always right oh well, you are yeah that's true I, i've learned that <laughs> yeah and and I, I love the other point that that came up which is there are all kinds of ways to grow when you're on your own it's not just about trading time for money i mean you know there's ways in which you can increase your revenue and still stay in this footprint and you just have to get creative about it and tap into other like minds. When I was in the real estate industry uh, for a while at real estate investment industry, they always talked about the same thing. Hang out with other real estate investors because when you don't, everyone calls you a slumlord, right? Yeah. And then when you're with real estate investors, it's a whole different conversation because they're looking at houses and buildings and and space as being like stocks and bonds right, right. but you move to a, a conversation at a party when they say well what do you do i'm a real estate investor or i own rental properties oh my god you're a slumlord so you really have to stick with those people that are immersed in it along with you mm -hmm. they understand the culture they have the language and I, I really like that one too so i think those are the things that come away here be whatever you decide to do it has to resonate with you it taps into fulfillment what values is it honoring in mm -hmm. you right so that you're fulfilled hang out with people that also are in that same direction mm -hmm. right and whatever decision you decide to do whether it's to bust it out and go big or to kind of stay where you are and because it's awesome and and you still have a great business they're both right so where can we find you, Joe? Uh, you can find me uh, at um, ircwealth.com. I am Joe at ircwealth.com. And uh, as always, IRC Wealth is out there. Uh, in addition to our website on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube is a new uh, platform we've been using the last couple of months. And we've got some uh, new team members coming on board. There's a lot of free stuff out there on our site and all with subject matter experts and cool conversations like the one we had today here with Jody and I. Just to mention too, Jody is Jody at? Orangestar.com and Jody at LiveLoveDogs.com. There you go, that's a solopreneur with two solopreneur channels. So that'll give you some idea of what you can do here. Jody, thanks for uh, bunking in with me on this one and uh, chatting it up. It's a conversation sure we've wanted to have. And thank you all for stopping by. 